are now listening to United 96 Podcast on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFK Refugees Podcast. Sorry, United 96 on the RFK Refugees <laughs> Podcast Network. Ted here, John here. I almost just I almost just reverted back. It's just it's just what happens, John. It is. Just what happens. You just you just you just get you get in the zone. I, I get on my I get in my I get in my place and I just wanna I just wanna talk. Talk soccer. And I've been doing RFK Refugees for so long. But we are on the RFK Refugees podcast network. See, it never goes away. Never dies. John, how you doing, my friend? How was your uh, weekend? It was good. I went to uh, a, a concert on sun- on Saturday. So mm-hmm. if I don't get COVID now, I'm never going to get it. <laughs> I think this was the <laughs> test. And if I make it through this, then I am some sort of medical marvel. <laughs> and then uh, Sunday was Mother's Day. So we did Mother's Day stuff. How, about, yeah, how was your weekend? Um, well, Saturday was cold, really, really yes, cold. Did gross. you go to the DC game or I, did you? I did not. Oh, wow. So you, so you, well, I mean, you missed a win, but. I did. I missed it. You, I was dry and, and warm, so. <laughs> you were dry and warm your house. I was not dry and warm. I went to the, um, the third edition of the Henny Derby, uh, between Richmond and Ford Madison, uh, Ford Madison losing one to nothing, which was disappointing, uh, in several ways. Uh, but we got an open cup game this Wednesday, getting real, real pumped for that. But not, not a good way to start this like crazy three game week the kickers are about to go through. And then Sunday was Mother's Day. I went and saw my mom. Um, had had uh, lunch. It was it was lovely. It was nice. Good to see them. Good to see family as well. We, my sister was there. Um, but yeah, all all in all, a pretty good weekend and a, and a DC United win, which yeah. is the most important. Which is not the most important. At thing, least most relevant so- to our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> More than our Mother's Day plans, perhaps. But uh, before yes. we get started, I want to congratulate. Uh, well, I guess a couple things. Congratulate Jason Anderson on his on his new role with I think USA Today. Yes. And, and congratulate. Well, that means that he and the rest of the filibuster crew are wrapping it up. So I think they had like, I don't know, a thousand episodes, something insane. They did like five ten years, years yeah. of pod five, whatever it was. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think I said on Twitter, I th- I don't think it will be matched because I think that the Twitch the Twitch chat will make me insane by the time we get to that many episodes. <laughs> so. I don't think they said they set a, a, a Lou Gehrig like streak that will never be met. I guess Kyle Ripken streak that will never be beat. So congrats to them and good luck to Jason and his new gig. The, yeah. We are we are, I think, as a DC United, particularly with Black and Red United losing Jason from the beat, we are worse off uh, from a from a news and analysis perspective. So good good luck to him wherever he goes. Or yeah, good luck I really to him hope- doing yeah, well, I mean, we're, we're gaining him. I guess he is going to be. I don't know if he, is he going to be covering the beat. I think he's going to be covering the beat for the. I think he's a national league. writer now. I think oh, he's, he's a national writer. Oh wow. Okay. So I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully we still see him covering some DC games. But good for him. Uh, he's been a stalwart in DC United reporting. So congratulations and that, to him. And then also, Mina, I believe he is he is ending Plex weather. So Kindred Spirits is your only option for a Washington Spirit <laughs> podcast. So if you're a fan and want to listen to podcasts about the Spirit, you you come right back to us because there ain't nobody else no more. Yep. We, we have cornered, cornered the market on Washington Spirit coverage. So, John, let's get into it. Let's talk about DC United. Uh, do we want to get into game first or do we want to talk some some news-related items? We can do the news we... quickly. I think the news yeah. uh, the news isn't too, uh, isn't too much of it. So uh, the first bit of news... Uh, DC United is rumored. This is a, this is a Pablo Maurer exclusive, uh, looking to found an MLS Next Pro team in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. which is big news for a couple of reasons. Uh, I think most important, I think the most relevant to the future is that DC United has been annoyed at Philadelphia Union for, for they would call it poaching from their territory in Baltimore uh, and areas you know between here and DC. And this is an effort to get uh, that those young players back under the umbrella of DC United and not let them go up to Chester. They have apparently, you know, news to us, they have been running bus service for some players all the way up from Baltimore to Leesburg uh, for the academy program. So kudos to those kids. That is a that is a <laughs> that is a serious bus shuttle that they're on. That but is a trek. That is a trek. But what do you what do you think about this news? So a, cu- a couple of things strike me. First, the interesting everybody just kind of assumed uh, that Loudoun United would move to MLS Next Pro. Uh, if you don't know, next year, uh, basically, MLS gave uh, teams an option as to whether they wanted to participate, um, but then basically decided to mandate that all teams move, have a team in MLS Next Pro next year, I believe, is, is what the is what the thing is. Everybody kind of thought, oh, well, DC's going to move Loudoun down. We're going to be in MLS Next Pro. We've talked about it on the show. Uh, something we, we, we missed is that apparently they cannot do that. Uh, their deal with uh, the the city of Loudoun for, I'm assuming, some financing and some ability to open the training ground, to build uh, Segra Field, everything like that, uh, is uh, contingent on them uh, leaving the team in Loudoun. Uh, or sorry, leaving the team second in division, division too. Yep. Second division, sorry, second division, and in, in, in US, I think it even stipulates USL. Maybe it's like it, maybe it's a little bit vague, but it it says definitely says second division. Um, so that's so I think that leaves the team with, you know, two options. Uh, they can figure out a way to renegotiate that deal. It uh, doesn't sound like they want to go down that route. Uh, or they can look to, uh, you know, open a team. And I, and I think it is I think it is a good thing on the surface. And, and I'll get into a little bit, I guess, the obvious concerns with what we've seen from this team um, over the past few years. It is a good thing that I think they're looking to branch out. They're not just going to say, Oh, we're just going to create the DC United U 23 team, throw them in MLS next pro, have them play at Audi field. Who cares? Or even just say, Hey, we're going to have them play at Loudon. This is going to be like our, our Loudon two or something like that. Loudon United two. Uh, they're saying, no, let's, <laughs> let's go out. Let's, let's branch out to a new market. Let's find a area where maybe we can also gain some talent, which I think is a very good thing. Um, so all those on the surface sound good. Like everything DC United has done for the past four years or so ago, brand new stadium in downtown DC, great on the surface. Training facility, great on the surface. Training fields, great on the surface. Founding a USL2 team, great on the surface. The problem with this team has always been execution. And what I like to call, this, is, this, is, this has been a team of half measures of doing just enough to look good that you can talk about it when you're asked by an intrepid reporter or a beat reporter about certain things and what you're doing to invest. Oh, look, we have this thing. We have this thing. But it, but so what I hope this isn't is, I hope this is not another half measure where they're just kind of throwing on some uniforms, paying you know the bare minimum that they can, and putting a team out there and watching them get slaughtered every week five to nothing, and there's no interest in, in the Baltimore area surrounding the team. Um, I hope they do not call them. I, I really kind of hope they don't call them Baltimore United. I hope they come up with something else. Um, I believe also some people have talked about the fact that USL is apparently interested in putting a team there. It really is kind of shocking. There is not a lower, at least a lower division team in Baltimore. Um, there have been concern- multiple times it's failed over and over again. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's literally fallen. I would say, oh, they're about ready to do it. 
and they've basically been it's never, it never happens. So we'll see. Um, it's it's certainly interesting, uh, John. Do you have any sort of additional thoughts to this or uh, any? Yeah, I think maybe I'm not thinking about. They're going to spend more money and time on the Baltimore team than they are the Loudon team, because the Loudon team will mean much less to them in the scheme of things, particularly as. So the value for them with Loudon now, currently, there are a couple top tier players that they are that they were able to pull up. Uh, it's sort of the holding ground for some tweeners that are basically used for roster filler, for open cup games, for injuries. But they're also using this as an opportunity to get academy players playing time uh, up a level. They're not ready yet. They're just sort of testing their feet. I think that what happens with this Baltimore MLS Next Pro team is I think maybe that that's where those players get regular minutes, uh, you know, starting, right? And and less and less sort of these spot opportunities with Loudon. So I think it behooves DC United to spend more time and money on the Baltimore franchise than it even does on the Loudon side. The Loudon side becomes what kind of minor league franchise can we put in here? We're not going to win the league. That's clear. We're not now. We're now no longer using this as to, to blood our academy talent as much unless they're in the sort of the top tier, the middle level, maybe not so much. So I, I, good for people like RG, RGRNDC in our chat who are excited that Loudon is going to stay in USL. So good for those fans. Good for the, you know, truthfully, very few fans of Loud United who, who make it out to games and, and watch the games. But um, I think it's more, the, I'm more excited about the fact that they are going to take back geographic territory that they had ceded for economic reasons in the past, maybe. Yeah. And, and maybe we see a shift there. And this, this would be, this would be sort of a first for, um, for an MLS team to sort of decide not like we are going to have a sort of vertical integration between third division, second division and, and the top league. It, it creates something that doesn't exist. And I think for that level, it's very excited. And I believe we, we heard in the, in the interview, that's kind of where they want to put their focus on, on sort of these high level, you know, professional sort of developmental teams and sort of getting talent from there. Um, I, I think the question for me is going to be, will the Baltimore area like respond? Cause there have been, there have been second division teams that have existed in Baltimore None of them have lasted very long. And so I think the question is, you know, will uh, will the Baltimore area come out and also support this team? Because I think that's an important aspect to it. And does this maybe does then maybe somebody finally USL get their act together and say, we need to get a team in here right now, something independent, something that people can like maybe flock to. And maybe that sort of kills, you know, any momentum, because I think I think DC also looks at this as a as a way to also pull in uh, to pull in fans as well from from the Baltimore area into being DC United fans and to sort of maybe getting some of that market back. Uh, I'm sure that that mark that market out in Baltimore, there are plenty of Baltimore people who came out to DC games. But as the team you know starts not being as good, that tends to sort of shift things. So I, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting story to watch sort of how the market responds to that team in that area. I think MLS Next Pro is happy if they have 500 feet people watching their games of children. <laughs> of 16 and 18 year olds playing. So I don't, I don't, they're going to build a stadium apparently, which is hilarious to me and not just sort of use a place. That seems kind of dumb, <laughs> but they're going to spend the money. Either, either the city's going to spend the money or I guess DC United's going to spend the money. I'd rather they not, but um, Baltimore had just approved billions of dollars. So they, so weirdly, I don't know if this is weird, but Baltimore owns Camden Yards and they own M&T. And the, the teams that play their lease are, are renters. 
So they just, uh, I believe the governor just authorized like $1.9 billion for Camden Yards improvements. And the Orioles just get to reap the benefits of that. So maybe there's some like money slushing around now that the commanders are probably leaving town that they want to throw DC United to build a 2,000-seat, 3,000-seat stadium. Okay, cool, whatever, that's fine. Uh, but I would hopefully DC United is not going to spend too much infrastructure capital uh, on the Baltimore next pro team. But we'll see. And this may also not even come to fruition, but that is the rumor at current. I mean, at the same time, it's not our, I mean, it's not our money. I mean, if they, if, and if they spend that and they go full into that, I'd much prefer they do that than kind of any sort of some of the half measures we've seen personally. No, I'm just saying that if they do that, so if 2,500 people go up to see those games because they built the stadium, I don't think that benefits DC United in the long term financially or from a player's perspective. If, if nobody sees it and they still recruit the players, that's a win. But if it's like a, commer- like a commercial, quasi-commercial success, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. I mean, like Loudon's not. Loudon's not making them any money. Loudon's costing them money, if, if anything, right now. So anyway, uh, to be determined there. I think they're, as far as rumors go, it's the, least, it's the least sexy of the rumors. The most sexy of the rumors is one we talked about last week and the week before, mm-hmm. and maybe even the week before. Who knows? Uh, but Gareth Bale uh, and DC United officials are still talking. To be determined if there's a deal there. Uh, it will be very expensive. There have been numerous leaks from the front office now, leaks and also like intentional communications, that a third DP is coming this summer. Mm-hmm. That is the plan. Uh, that would be him. <laughs> there, there would be very, it would be very challenging to, to buy him down on Tam, uh, because he will be making the most money any DC United player has ever made. So what? You know, I, I don't know. I don't know if we need to get too much into it because I don't know where we're at. But the the note, the quote of note, funny little wordplay there that I want to get your reaction to is that Steve Goff, uh, I don't know if I want to call it speculated, but but said that he doesn't think this move is a Lucy Rushton, Dave Casper move. If it's anything, what are you? What are your reactions to that sort of commentary? I I think it makes sense. I I think the way I the way I view it the way I view it is. You you look at you look at why Lucy Russian was brought in. It was to fix an issue with DC United in scouting, in player analysis, in trying to determine who can actually fit into this team and fit into the system. Because for a large time it was Dave Casper and Ben Olson. Maybe some of the coaching staff, maybe maybe Kurt Morsink as a scout. Might have been it. Um, and they really had it such a limited idea. So I think Lucy Rushton was brought in to fix that, was brought in to bring bring in was to bring in um a uh, a player like taxi taxi funtas to get a guy that maybe is a little bit undervalued that can that you maybe still have to spend a lot of money to bring in but can be an effective piece in the system and so far that's really working and that is a that is so far i mean early early days we're, we're three games into this two great games and one eh, mediocre game but the whole team was bad but that looks that's looking pretty good. That's looking like that's the most promising we've had from a designated player in, in quite in quite a bit. Um, but from the from the Gareth Bale perspective, it would not surprise me if that basically like Gareth Bale's there. I'm pretty sure you don't need either Lucy Russian or Dave Casper to to do any sort of analysis on Gareth. Maybe they do a little bit. Maybe they kind of run say, okay, well, how do we think he fits in if we bring him in? Maybe there's some discussion there. 
But I'm pretty sure they're like, well, we're, you know, we're not sure this is going to happen. It's really honestly Gareth Bale's decision. He could decide he doesn't want to do this, and that's it. And you don't want to just put all your chips in signing Gareth Bale. You want to also look at who else you can bring in, who else you can sign with the idea that you also have a highly underperforming current designated player in Edison Flores. So even if you do bring in Gareth Bale and you have your three designated players this year, next year you might have another open right. spot where some of that scouting might come into play into bringing someone else different here. You really have two. <laughs> you have two and a guy that wears the shirt that's a DP, basically, this year yeah. if you bring him in. Yeah, basically. Basically. So I think that's sort of the the what maybe golf's sort of alluding to there is like you're not seeing like maybe and maybe Dave Casper still is a part of the negotiation, but it's not it's not an issue where they're just like where they say, oh, yes, we need to go out and get bail. I'm sure the ownership, I'm sure somebody came to them and said, look, we're, you know, Gareth Bale is at least somewhat interested. And they're like, okay, I mean, if we sign him, great. Like, he will be, he is a fantastically skilled player. And if we can get him motivated, you know, regardless of maybe how we think he fits in, let's, let's get him in. Like, obviously, you want that type of, you know, world class player. And Gareth Bale, despite some of his motivational issues, is a world class player. I don't think there's any, there's any question about it. Um, so, but I think you also don't want to, you also want, you know, Lucy Russian also doing what she's doing, finding the next, her goal right now is to find the next taxi, taxi Funtas. Her goal is to find another player that can come in and be an effective designated player. And I think that's what she's probably focusing on. And also maybe what Dave Casper is also probably focusing on. So speaking of taxi, uh, let's talk about the game. It's uh, a, it is wild that a, a victory by DC United is somehow not exciting enough. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for us to lead the show with. But it is, in fact, the case. Let's talk about it. It is It is actually, I was. it's actually a little bit refreshing, isn't it? It is actually a little bit refreshing to have a game where, and, and I kind of went back and watched this, and I feel like some people were projecting, everybody was like, oh, they look kind of stagnant. They don't look threatening. Their their XG was 0. 0.8. I don't. I think. I think very much. Taxi is the difference, and I think he he proves how much you get an effective designated player. You can sort of elevate your team and sort of elevate, uh, elevate this game. But, but I think that uh, I think that what we saw from this game was still an incredibly effective performance, an effective defensive performance as well. Maybe one opportunity I saw from Houston in this game. Uh, maybe there was another one too. I think later in the second half, but I mean, this team did a actually pretty good job suffocating again, not a great Houston team, but we've watched not so great teams come in here. Yeah. It's a rarity. It's normally you want to beat bad, you want to beat bad teams, but that has not been DC United's, uh, MO so far. So we gotta, you gotta give it up for them when they're able to do it. The, there were a couple defensive lapses that were not punished that will be Mm -hmm. punished against better teams, but you really, I don't think there's any value in, and we'll, and we'll talk about the game, but there's not really any value in being making large pronouncements about this team from this yeah. game in the, in these conditions against this opponent. But you basically just say, thank you for the three points. We really, really needed them. Now let's, now let's move, let's move on from here. But let's, uh, let's talk about the game from a lineup perspective. Bill Hamid makes his return briefly. Uh, that's, we'll Maybe talk, a little early. We'll talk Maybe about that. Well, well, we'll talk about yeah. the, the nature of the injury, which is which is makes me feel a little bit better. Donovan Pines maintains his spot in the lineup and goes ninety minutes. I think that's something we can talk about. Uh, Jafal comes back in the place of, in the place of Chris Durkin. Chris Durkin had started every game since he had returned, and I think if you look at his performances, you'd seen them uh, go down in quality a little bit uh, since he's returned. So maybe it was a little bit of fatigue. 
Taxi found us from the start. Uh, Edison Flores gets the start again, much to the chagrin of some fans who do not realize that he's probably just going to start now. <laughs> it's just going to be the way it is. Uh, he's not, uh, Hernan Lasada is, is gone. Uh, so that, that he, he's not going to be stable to the bench anymore. And my favorite uh, player to beat up on aside from Edison Flores, Michael Estrada also got the start. So what did you see? Uh, what did you see from the first half? I mean, all the action was pretty much in the first half. So we could, we could just talk about sort of the goals that occurred. What's uh, yeah. go ahead. Well, so it's, it's, and this is going to be a show about a lot about Taxi Funtas because Taxi really it, it's it's incredible it's so fun I guess to watch him play he he is basically directing the offense like it, and it what's what I find so interesting is, is I look at I look at Edison Flores and I I still think Edison Flores is a technically gifted player on the ball his his skill set is all there what he lacks in is what. Funtas has in spades, which is just confidence, quick decision making, and just an ability—an ability I think to see the game a little bit better, at least right now, uh, than Edison Flores is able to. When 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 Taxi gets the ball, his immediate direction—he knows exactly where he wants to go with it. He knows where he wants to place it if he wants to play across. He and he makes that decision. I would say about you know over a second quicker than what um, than what Flores does. Flores, you'll see, receives the ball, maybe tries one thing, and then kind of almost chickens out of it, and then almost ends up getting dispossessed the entire time. When 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 Flores is actually does make a decision, sometimes it's the wrong one, but at least he makes a decision, and I guess that's what maybe what I want to see more out of him. Uh, but what Taxi does that makes this team go so much, I think, is just in his ability. Uh, a lot of people talk about it's pass and move. It's just quick movement um, and just an ability to deadly finish the ball he, he is actually an incredibly his speed i think is a pretty underrated part of his game uh, he's a very quick player in, in kind of how he moves and that that's something I, I think i've seen in this game i think i remember once particularly on the ball too he is incredibly quick at sort of moving the ball and, and very much keeping it under control uh but he i think he brings almost a sense of um of uh of unpredictability that I think this team has been missing. I think there was one moment on a, on a set piece where I think he was like almost like gesturing at, uh, I think one of the Houston attackers and then quickly breaks and pretty much freezes the entire team. It doesn't lead to a goal, but I think it's that sort of, I guess, ingenuity, ingenuity, uh, that sort of quickness of thought. I think that has been missing. That for, was the play. That was the play where Gressel played him in with a back heel and he shot the ball from the corner of the 18 and had it tipped over. I think if that's maybe what you're speaking of. No, it's it a different play. It was on the left side of the field. But I know that play you're talking about, too. And Same situation he's there. Also, he's yeah. qu- a, a quick relationship formed with the only other player who speaks German. So that's <laughs> that's good on that front. We, hopefully he can get some some quick, uh, some you know flashcards, some Duolingo Pro, uh, just, so we can, just so we can hear a little bit more from him. But uh, the, the first goal he scored was... Pretty nice uh, off of a corner, a volley, probably the slowest volley I've ever seen scored from outside the 18. Uh, Steve Clark planted good technique. Uh, you know, I'm happy. It's always more fun to see a volley that's blasted on the on the laces. Uh, and, uh, this is not that. <laughs> this was this was not that. This might have been a side. I don't know if it was side of the foot, but uh, just sort of placed volley uh, past Steve Clark to get the early goal to get the game started. That I think was goal of the week nominee uh, also. But to your point, uh, before he was here, there's not a player on this team that would probably have the confidence to try that. They would probably they would probably trap it and shoot over the over the crossbar in a Junior Moreno style, most likely. 
the so what he brings i think it's a double-edged sword to your point he is dictating the offense that's a good thing right now because it's working uh the the thing that will be important for DC United is to develop an offense around his skill set or else it will become Lucharu but one guy and they're just going to mark him out of existence because he's the player that he's the player that can create cuz he's just creating on his own he's creating from from nothing he's creating from from dead ball opportunities this team needs that right now so before you have an offense that's you know firing on all cylinders and every player is confident you needed something to get goals and he is it for right now. But I'm hoping that in the subsequent weeks they can figure out a way to get other players started around him. Uh, that will be that'll be, that's the secret to long term success. This is not sustainable probably over the course of a season. Probably not. And I think I think this team, if this team could kind of maybe ride at least a little bit of that um, heading into the you know into the summer, and then maybe you bring in another big time player that can maybe also slit up uh, slot in and sort of, you know, give another option that you have to account for. I think you're right. I think a better team might be able to sort of mark him out of the game. Um, I was a little, uh, uh, my hope is maybe that you're going to see some other guys maybe start to elevate their game. I will like say, while Flores has not been super fantastic, awesome, I will say compared, and maybe this is just comparatively, maybe I'm it's some rose colored glasses with how the game went. I am seeing at least a couple moments that he has that are improvements over what we've seen where it was basically nothing. Um, a couple like times he plays like a nice ball into into the attack. Uh, so I'm hopeful that, you know, maybe the attention from Taxi can also maybe open things up for other players and give other players some opportunities to push forward. Um, I thought it was interesting the, the start of Jafal because I don't think Chris Durkin has played terribly. No. I don't I also don't think Jafal really he was not I guess as big of a factor in this game as maybe, maybe again, maybe taxi sucking up the attention, but I, I was a little bit disappointed in his performance. Uh, he had, I think one kind of nice, nice ball over the top. So he still shows he has an impact, but I think this was, wasn't a, a performance I'll look back on and saying that he has, you know, wrestled the position away from Chris Durkin. Would you agree? Or was there something else I was missing? No, I mean, I think, I think they, Durkin has got to my, to my eyes has gotten worse each game, his first game that he started, he was most dominant. Uh, and I think his performance has gone along with the team. So I don't think there was a considerable drop-off from Durkin to Jafal in this game. And it's good to have options and rotate just from a, just from a man perspective. You I mean, you got a game tomorrow. You have a game on Tuesday, you have a game on Saturday. So you've got to be smart, particularly as you do not have a lot of defensive midfield depth otherwise. So, so good, good to cycle those players, particularly when they're healthy. I'm, I have no problem with that. And I, and I think Jafal, what Jafal brings is Jafal does bring something different than Durkin. He brings a, a nice ability on the ball. He can dribble. He can uh, move around players a lot easier. Dur- Durkin doesn't really – Durkin's more of a sit back and kind of ping balls up, up the field. Uh, he's not that type of sort of, um, you know, energy type of player that I think Jafal can bring. And so actually, I mean, I think Jafal – even in the Columbus game, brought a different side to this team and certainly can be a change of pace uh, in that in that center of midfield. And I think I think he has I will say, I think right now, I think you're looking at Jafal. If, if Jafal improves and gets better, I think his skill set could serve the team better right now than what I've seen so far from Durkin. And that could change. That could absolutely change. Durkin could start pinging balls down down the field and creating multitude of chances. He could he could really turn it up. Um, on this side of the field. Uh, but so far, I'd say it's been about an even contest between the two. If you're looking at who's who's sort of taking that number one starting spot. 
Footmob only really hated Flores and Estrada that game. Yeah. Everybody else, everybody else, they seemed to they seemed to like all the subs. They didn't like that much either. But as I spoke about before, Bill Hamid comes back from injury. Bill Hamid immediately gets spiked by either his own player, it looked like Donovan Pines, and required stitches because he cut his leg open. And he they got stitches at halftime, and he wanted to play. And Chad said, "If I see at all that you're not right, I'm taking you off." And he took him off in the 50th minute. So. I don't think that's long-term, so that's good. What I did not want to see is a re-injury to a leg muscle. This is something that is likely going to be short-term. Uh, Romo, yeah. Romo made a nice kick save. He looks fine. They'll probably yeah. roll with him next game to be safe, uh, particularly tomorrow, Tuesday. They'll probably roll with him. There's no reason not to. Uh, and then Kempen can back him up. But that's uh, that that you know that's good. <laughs> I, I think I saw enough. I, I saw enough in this game from Rafael Romo to say he's probably going to be a step up from uh from John Kempen. I think he had one maybe one moment that thankfully was offside where if it wasn't offside or there were, that went to VAR you might have seen a penalty called. Uh but it was it was offside. Uh, he got a nice kick save. I thought he was looked a little a little timid maybe being his first game, you know, he maybe hasn't had a lot of opportunity to develop, you know, chemistry with his backline. Um but overall I will say that it does look like he looks like at least an improvement. Um, he seemed more steady in the back than we've seen from Kempen, um, and I, I think that's going to be that's going to be that's going to be an important um, uh, an, an important thing for this team to have a very decent backup goalkeeper because Bill Hamid is consistently getting injured. It just it it, it is a problem uh, for him, and he is you know very few teams in this league can lose keepers as much as DC has, especially starting and, and solid keepers. And so he has to stay healthy. Stefan Fry is never injured. He's always out there. Uh, you know, Steve Clark, never injured, always out there. Um, you know, all, all these all these teams have keepers that they can rely on at the very least to play week in and week out. And Bill hasn't been that. So I'm hopeful, again, like you said, cut on the leg. Hopefully this is heals up really quickly. He's back out there next Saturday. Probably going to rest him. Uh, in the Open Cup game against uh, against New York. Yeah, I'm trying, are there any other big takeaways from that game? It was uh, not a super exciting game. I'm having watched it after the fact. Uh, Fountas is really the the star of the show, mm-hmm. and I think that the question is now what what can we expect in this game against Red Bulls tomorrow Tuesday night at Audi Field, and then also the game against Miami, which is I think of more importance to this team based on where they're at in the, in the sort of the standings. Let's talk about the Red Bulls game first. So Red Bulls are uh, their last four games. uh, They've drawn against Portland, beat Chicago, beat Orlando three, nothing one, two, one over Hartford in the open cup and drew against Dallas on the 16th of April. So they are, uh, they are sort of, you know, generally getting points uh, where there's opportunities to what, uh, I guess we don't really know as far as uh, we haven't done um, um, we haven't done the scouting on sort of what their what their roster is likely to look like for the traveling side, but this is a game that matters more to who we think of these two. teams. I mean, honestly, I I'll tell you one thing. I'm looking at I'm looking at their lineup uh, that they played against Hartford. Uh, I see. Uh, I think it's Lewis Morgan's out there. He's definitely. Um, at least he's the player they got. He's the DP they got from Miami. They also played Aaron Long, so I mean they they took that game uh, they took that game pretty seriously. The Hartford game, uh, yeah, the Hartford game, and uh, they they do have a player. It looks like uh, Christian 
Caceres uh, picked up a red card in the 90th minute, so he will not be uh, available for that game. Um, but I, I think, I, I guess, yeah, it's going to depend on who's out there. I mean, these games are always going to be, you know, who the, the, the Open Cup is always a test of depth, especially in these early rounds. How good is your depth and how good can you can you get it together and, and keep it together uh, to get victories? Um, I'll, I'll be curious to see how... Uh, how Ashton plays this. Uh, you're looking at a team, a, a DC United team that is hovering around that playoff line. Every game, especially after dropping, uh, especially after dropping, you know, two home games, uh, you need to figure out a way to pick up at least a couple road points, a couple road wins. Miami, while while not a uh, not a weak team like they were last season, they've certainly gotten a lot better. I think it's going to depend on it's going to depend on whether Gonzalo Higuain plays. Uh, I think is going to decide that game for DC because when he's out there, they are a, uh, Miami's a very different team and a much worse team. Believe it or not, um, when he's out there, I can believe it. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's just smoking too many cigarettes on the field. It's just, just how it is. He's not everybody um, can be Bronco Boscovich and and manage to keep the habit and play well. So it's, it's a challenge. <laughs> Did he smoke? Did he actually smoke? Yeah, like in, on, on the training field, he would smoke, and in, 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 in the parking lot. So this is why he. Ruled. Ben also is like the only coach that in, in like right today that would have allowed that. Like, yeah, fine, whatever. I don't hey, care. you're know, like you're not gonna run for ninety minutes. Who cares? Uh, Red Bulls are. Uh, so far, not that it matters for for Open Cup. They're six zero and zero on the road, and they've only conceded three goals all season on the road, so just the lowest in MLS. So keep that in mind. This is a also as you, you sort of you talked about what how Chad is going to play this. Players who are being loaned to DC United uh, include Azad Liadi, a player you will recognize having played I think like five minutes and then nine minutes in cameos early in the season for Hernan. Uh Sammy Sammy Gidiri who has played very well in a left wing back position for, for Loud United so far this year was team of the week the first week. Uh, Rio Hope Gund, who is the captain for Loudon for most games, and Hasu Landry, Landry, who has not been so much of a factor so much for Loudon. I know that uh, Coach Ryan Martin's a big fan of him. But so keep the, I think those are likely to be bench players. I think that they're gonna be enough rotation here. We can play a game here, Ted. We can try to we can try to guess the DC United lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the Open Cup game, uh, but yeah, that's I, I think that that should be an interesting match. It should be sparsely attended. Open Cup games at Audi Field are uh, a bummer to be included in the season ticket holder package. I'll just say from <laughs> from my perspective, uh, particularly when the Bayern Munich game was not. But let's uh, let's play the game. Who are we, who are we going to see out there? Keeping in, keeping in mind injuries and and everything else. So who, who who do we think is going to start? Romo is probably going to start in net, right? I would say Romo and net. Um, probably going to see Alfaro. I would say in central defense. Pines went ninety. You're probably going to you know probably going to bench him. Um, and then I think you're looking at, I mean, you're looking at either Birnbaum or Brilliant uh, playing in defense. Maybe Sargis. Brilliant, of course, is an assistant coach, so he will not be playing. <laughs> oh, sorry, uh, Birnbaum or Hornsreich. Sorry, yeah. it'd be funny yeah, if he really up. Is, yeah, sorry guys. Uh, yeah, but Birnbaum and uh, maybe I think one of the two will start there. I think it's going to depend on who, who you know, who according to the sports scientist is you know the least likely to pick up an injury according to them. They're going to give some analysis on that, and then I think you look at maybe uh, Hayden Sargis um, starting there. You could also see, you could also see, you know, I, I think one player will probably get a rest. On the defensive line, but you could see two starters out there. You could see, no, we want to hold the, we want to keep a, a solid defensive line there, especially with a new goalkeeper. Um, 
I think you'll see uh, Samake probably uh, maybe out there on on the wing on the left wing, um, and then I, I mean maybe you, you I don't know how maybe you can take out Julian Gressel maybe you leave him in he is shown to be a guy who has a pretty high fitness uh, cap and so he's you know he prides himself on fitness so maybe you think he can go he can do three matches um, in this week uh, I I think maybe you see ta- you'll probably see Taxi on the bench uh, probably see Kamara start since I think um, Kamara came off the bench yep he probably starts this game. Um, maybe Flores or maybe you see, I, I would like to see the rest of the front line sort of be either Jackson Hopkins, Ted Cudi Pietro or Griffin Yao. I'd like to see those guys uh, really get a run out in this game and, and maybe see, see what's there. I think Durkin probably starts this game as well. Uh, maybe alongside Moses Nyman still out. He would have probably been my second choice, uh, but maybe with, with a, with a uh, Jafal um, or, or another type of player. So um, yeah, that's that that that's sort of my my thoughts on the lineup. I don't know if I'll give an actual prediction. Do you have anything you want to disagree with there? Uh, yeah, I would say Alfaro, Burnbaum, uh, and Har- Sargis are the back three. I think Odoyatsum will be the wing oh, back. Is he injured? He's not. I believe he's available. I don't think he. I don't think he's out. I thought he was. I looked at that. I thought he was on the injury report. All right, well, well, if he's not. Uh, Robertha could, Robertha could also make it. He was listed as questionable. I did see that. He had a, he so had he, a concussion last yeah, game, so he, so he could potentially make it. Yep. Uh, Chris Odiatsum's out with an ankle injury. Out. Okay, so he will not be playing. Uh, in the midfield, I think Jackson Hopkins makes a start. I think Cudi Pietro plays. I think uh, I think Skundrich plays. Team Skundrich. Fan, yeah. fan favorite. Kamarni Smith is a good, a good possibility to get, to get some minutes, if not starting. Probably one of the first guys off the bench. And then I think Kamara up top. Maybe Garay makes an appearance as well. This is going to be not your normal DC United. Uh, I, I, my my expectations are low for that because of the fact that these players will have never pl- put out a side. <laughs> this, this will be a this will be a unique side. Um, so let's let's do our projections on how this game's going to go. I am going to say, uh, does it go directly to penalties in this round? Nope. Nope. Extra Overtime, time. Oh 30 god. Minutes, yeah. I hope that doesn't happen. I really hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> uh, I'll say I'll say two one uh, two one Red Bulls after extra time. That's my prediction. I'm gonna say two two DC went on penalties. Wow. So they go the full. Okay. Well, that they would be that would be I guess would be good. There's a there's a lot of players here who need minutes. There are some that defensively I don't. We're not so deep that we're like, oh, we really hope to get these guys, particularly on the wings. Like that, that is where the problem continues to rear its head. If you look at this, if you look at this club and who's going to fill in those minutes, you take Gressel and Smith out. You're like, I don't really know what we're doing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I think maybe we have to change our formation. In fact, it's, it's so much because I don't, they're not going to want to roll those, those two guys out there for this game. No chance. And, and remember there are, there are limitations um, on, I think how many, how many internationals you can play even on like your roster it's like it, it's 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 different rules as opposed to that um i was just trying to look to we obviously travel to miami uh the red bulls have to travel to philadelphia so not <laughs> they not a walk. lot of yeah not not a lot of travel uh not a lot of travel issues um with 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 red bulls i thought that might like if they had to fly out to like la or something like that that might have a might have an impact but 
but it doesn't. So I'm going to be enjoying on Wednesday. I'm, I'm gonna, I, I love this Tuesday-Wednesday split, so I don't have to split my time between my teams. There you go. I'm also very happy that DC United is not playing the Richmond Kickers. I am dreading that. Everybody's looking forward to it except for me because I'm like, I'm not looking forward to that at all. That's going to be that's gonna be like 90 minutes of like just angst and suffering um, as I watch as I watch this game. But uh, I'll be enjoying the Richmond Kickers playing the uh, Charlotte FC. Um and so that game's on Wednesday. So, you know, if you uh, if you if you don't like your job, uh, you know, why not travel down to Richmond and, and see a see a packed uh, lower league house take on a big side? I'm looking forward. I'm actually really looking forward to that game. So trying to get over the disappointment of the Henny Derby loss, but looking forward to that game. So Oba Cup, lots of fun, guys. Uh, less it gets less fun. This is probably the last round where it's probably going to be a lot of fun. Uh, because then I think most then, like usually the MLS teams, this is where kind of the MLS teams take over. You are going to have at least one lower league side come in, but it's not going to be the, the smorgasbord of, of lower league sides versus big professional sides um, that you saw uh, that you saw last round. So this, this is like the last big round where it could be where there's some like legitimately fun matchups. Uh, so check it out. Check it out. Check it out. All right, folks. Uh, I think this is going to do it for this episode of United 96 on the RFQ Refugees Podcast Network. Thank you guys so, so much for watching. Uh, definitely check us out. Twitch.tv slash Refugees. If you're listening on our podcast, we have a live show. We do this every week. If you're listening on the live show, stick around. we got some Washington Spirit talk coming up. Um, also, do check us out uh, at RFQRefugees.com slash merch if you want to pick up some merch. Donate on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Refugees. If you don't want to flip between the shows or have to flip between episodes, I put the whole stream right up there. The whole stream right up there. Also, for the rest of this month, we will be doing this live stream on Tuesdays going yes. forward because of my stupid co-ed softball league. So uh, if, you're one of the, if you're one of the mighty few who watch our shows live when they're being recorded, uh, Tuesday. Tuesday, same, 8.30. Uh, and then that means the podcast will be out on Wednesday, both United 96 and Kindred Spirits. Yes. And if also, by the way, we also want to say if you do pay for Amazon Prime, donate that free Twitch subscription, free up that. Help, uh, anything to help us out the show. You guys have been awesome. This is why this show has grown so much. We really appreciate all the support you guys give us. And a uh, shout out to producer Brian for getting us out of uh, IRS trouble. Chocolate <laughs> 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 late paperwork. All right. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. Vamos. Vamos. I think I have COVID. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get a. I'm gonna go get a COVID test real quick while we're while we're on the show. What? My my throat got scratchy all of a sudden in a very dramatic way. Give me one second.